The Chronicles of Latimer Todd, 8th Grade Bites, Chapter 5, Otis, Otis. Vlad adjusted the sunglasses on his nose and walked up the steps to the school. He was thankful to have Henry with him. For some reason, the bullies kept their distance whenever Henry was around. Bill and Tom moved past them on the steps, but neither said a word. Principal Snellgrove was waiting at the top of the stairs, eyeing Vlad with his little mouse eyes. He twitched his nose and Vlad chuckled out loud. The principal had hated Vlad since the first day he had been enrolled in, at Bathory. Bill and Tom had given him welcoming shove down the hall, and Vlad bumped into Mrs. Coomis, who fell forward and subsequently broke her nose. It had been an accident, of course, but ever since that day, Principal Snellgrove had watched Vlad with suspicious little rodent stare and twitched his nose distrustfully. Henry smiled as they passed the mouse man. Good, mor good morning, Mr. Snellgrove. Principal Snellgrove nodded, his eyes barely leaving Vlad before they'd returned again. You'd do well to emulate your friend here, Mr. Todd, when they passed him. Vlad suppressed another chuckle. Mr. Snellgrove smelled like cheese. At Mr. Craig's classroom, Henry bid Vlad goodbye and wandered off down the hall. It was strange having different teachers this year, but they still sat together at lunch, goofed their way through study hall, and walked home together after school. It wasn't as much time together as either would prefer, but it would have to do. Vlad crossed the threshold of room six and held his breath for a second, hoping that when he looked at the teacher's desk, he wouldn't see anyone trying to emulate crabby Mrs. Bell by glaring at him from behind her cat-eye-shaped glasses. To, to Vlad's relief, the desk was unoccupied. He walked to the back left corner of the class, and after dropping his backpack beside his desk, he sat down with a weary sigh. Whoever decided that school should start so early in the morning was, and last all day long needed to be hunted down and forced to watch hours of educational television without the aid of caffeine. Meredith entered the room, brightening Vlad's day with the endearing smile on her face. She was chatting with Kara Metley, one of her two best friends. Melissa Hart was the missing link today. They were normally an inseparable trio, but Melissa had been placed in Mr. Crumble's class this year with Henry, an arrangement that suited Henry perfectly, as he had developed a secret crush on, crush on Melissa the last year's snowball, when she'd slapped a boy for trying to kiss her. Henry was a strange boy. Meredith glanced at Vlad, who shrank back in his seat and hoped she hadn't noticed he'd been watching her, and then sat at her desk. As if on cue, Kara sauntered over to his desk and dropped a note in front of him with a smile. She turned and took her place behind Meredith. Vlad's heart took up resonance in his throat. He unfolded the sheet of paper with what he considered to be casual grace and tried his best to decipher Kara's scrolling, feminine handwriting. The note's single question drove a large splinter into Vlad's, Vlad's self-esteem. It was short, sharp, and caused Vlad great pain. Does Henry like Meredith? Ouch. And there was a tiny heart over the eye in Meredith's name. Double ouch. He folded the paper back up and slipped it into the, his front pocket of his backpack. He answered it, he'd answered he answer it later when he had a clearer head and a lighter heart, or maybe he'd just forget he ever saw it. The door to the classroom swung open, and seconds later, a tall, thin man wearing a rumpled purple hat and a three-piece suit walked in. Under his black jacket, he wore a pewter-colored vest with a crisp white shirt hanging from the vest pocket was a gold pocket watch chain. In his hand, he carried an old leather doctor's bag. After dropping his bag on the teacher's desk, he turned to the class with a bright smile. 
His blue eyes twinkled. Good morning, class. I'm Mr. Otis, and I will be substituting for Mr. Craig during his absence. As my first name is the same as my last, you may call me by either, providing the ob obligatory title Mr. Proceeds Your Choice. Mr. Otis looked about the classroom as if waiting for someone to interrupt him. When no one did, he cleared his throat and continued. It's unfortunate that we've been brought together under these circumstances, as Mr. Craig was... He made a clucking sound with his tongue and sat on the corner of the desk. Is such a fine and clearly admired teacher, but as regrettable as the situation is, I will do my best to inform and educate you in an entertaining manner. Ever curious, Kara raised her hand. She didn't wait to be called on, but rather made her presence known with the question, Do you know Mr. Craig? Mr. Otis paused for a moment, wet his lips, and said, I'm afraid I haven't had the pleasure. Kara wasn't quite done with her assault, and with a toss of her hair asked, How long have you been a teacher? A long time. He turned his back to the class and began rummaging through his back. When he turned back, his smile had eased. He was holding what looked like a seating chart. A checkerboard of students' names. Very long indeed. Most recently, I was a full-time mythology teacher at Stokerton High but I've taught a variety of subjects all over the world. Out of curiosity, Vlad raised his hand, but before he could lift it more than a few inches above his desk, Mr. Otis nodded to him. Vlad dropped his hand. So you teach English too? No, well, that is to say not until today. He reached into his bag again and withdrew a stack of papers. He divided the stack into fifths and dropped them on the desks in the front of the classroom. Familiar with the routine, the students took one paper and passed the rest back. But no worries, I've already come up with the lesson plan that I'm sure you'll find both informative and entertaining. Chelsea Whitaker didn't bother to turn around in her seat. She merely flung the last paper in the stack over her shoulder at Vlad. The paper flipped in the air and fluttered to the floor. Vlad picked it up and gave the bottom of Chelsea's seat a light kick before scanning the page, which was a list of assignments and something called Special Classroom Goals. There were dates typed neatly beside each assignment. Vlad wrinkled his forehead. The dates went all the way to the end of the school year. How long did this guy think he was staying? Kara apparently had the same thought as her hand shot into the air again. How long will you be teaching us? Mr. Otis scanned the class, his eyes serious. He didn't speak. Chelsea hissed in Kara's direction. Don't be stupid. He'll be here until Mr. Craig comes back. You mean if he comes back? The entire class fell silent at Meredith's words. It wasn't disbelief that held their tongues, but amazement that someone had the guts to say aloud what they all feared. Meredith's cheeks flushed as she brushed a tear from the corner of her eye. Kara reached out and patted her hand after flashing Chelsea a glare. Mr. Otis cleared his throat again, drawing everyone's attention. Chelsea is quite right. Of course she was. Chelsea was captain of the cheer squad. She was right about everything, or thought she was anyway. Vlad was pretty sure Chelsea wasn't bright enough to even find her way to school each day without the assistance of her pom-pom-carrying friends and the promise of being drooled over by every thick-head jock in the school. <clears throat> Mr. Otis glanced in Vlad's general direction, plucked his watch from his vest, and flipped it open. He closed it with a snap and returned to his pocket. I will teach her for as long as I am needed and only as long as your teacher, Mr. Craig, remains missing. If that matter is settled... We can move on to our lesson plan. He turned to the chalkboard and drew a series of unrecognizable squiggles that were supposed to be Vlad's surmised key points about the assignments they'd be working on. As your teacher normally assigns you essays to test your comp composition skills, I will do the same. 
However, as I've already explained to Principal Snellgrove, I will be combining this task with my area of expertise, mythology. Each week we will study a different mytho mythological creature, and at the end of the year, should you still be blessed with my presence, there will be a test on composition, grammar, punctuation, and mythology. Vlad squinted at the board. One of the words looked something like demagom, but that couldn't be right. The next looked a bit like winnerolanovs. Vlad squinted harder and then looked at the paper in his hands. At the bottom was a list of mythological creatures. The first was dragons. He looked back at the board. Demagom? That could be dragons, he supposed. And winnerolves looked suspiciously like the next word on the list, werewolves. Forgoing Mr. Otis's atrocious handwriting, Vlad read out down the list. Unicorns, griffins, centaurs, fairies, gnomes, trolls, mermaids, nymphs, banshees, zombies, witches, vampires. <clears throat> Vlad stopped at the word vampires and smirked. It ought to be interesting to hear what the rest of the class thought of him. Well, most of them anyway. There were a few whose opinions he couldn't care less about. In front of him, Chelsea was snickering at a note Sylvia Snurt had passed her. Across the top of the page was scrawled, was scrawled Sylvia's loopy handwriting. This guy is a freak. Chelsea whipped out her pen and scribbled something down on the note, but her shoulder blocked Vlad's view. Chelsea held the note out to Sylvia without a word. Mr. Otis slipped down the aisle between their desks and retrieved it. He stood in front of her and unfolded it, reading it silently with no hint of reaction in his eyes. To Vlad's amazement, he turned and dropped the note on Sylvia's desk, returning to the front of the classroom as if nothing had happened. I realize that it will be a challenge for all of you for us to adapt to our new circumstances. Some of you may adjust more easily than others. Some of you, he smiled at Sylvia as she read Chelsea's note, may think I'm a freak, while others, his eyes moved to Chelsea, who was blushing brighter than the sun, may think I'm intriguing, hot, some might say. Mr. Otis raised his eyebrows. Laughter burst from the classroom, and Chelsea's face blushed even brighter. But whatever you think of me so far, please try to keep an open mind, and if there is any way at all that I may be of assistance to you, please don't hesitate to approach me. His eyes met Vlad's for a second and then moved across the room. Now, as I understand it, you are overdue for a pop quiz on punctuation. The class let out a collective groan. After a comma... Coma-inducing lecture on the metric system from Mr. Harold and a blissfully short video presentation in Miss Mare's biology class on the secret life of ferns, Vlad shoved his books into his already full locker, grabbed his sack lunch, and slammed the door closed. Somebody got up on the wrong side of the coffin. Henry was standing two lockers down, wearing an enormous grin. Vlad snarled, suppressing a chuckle. That may be the most obnoxious thing you've ever said to me. I aim to please. Henry dropped his books inside his locker. What's going on? Not much. No homework so far. Me neither, but I'm pretty sure old Batty is going to drop a quiz on us. Vlad groaned. Matilda Motley, their 8th grade history teacher, gave the hardest quizzes of anyone in the known universe. That's all I need. I just had one in English class. They headed down the hall toward the lunchroom. Henry's eyes kept darting between Vlad and every semi-attractive girl that passed him in the hall. Vlad ignored him, so Henry resorted to nudging him and pointing. How's the new teacher, anyway? Vlad shrugged. He's okay. The lunchroom was already full by the time they got there, and as they entered, Principal Snellgrove grunted his displeasure. 
Vlad followed Henry through the lunch line and listened to him ramble about how busy he was going to be over winter break. His parents had finally agreed to take him and his brother on a week-long ski trip, and it seemed to be a occupying most of the free space in Henry's head. Henry looked at the food on his tray with a scowl. I don't care what they call it, this doesn't look like pizza. It's green. Vlad shrugged, holding up his crumpled bat brown sack. Could be worse. Nellie always made him the same thing for lunch. He couldn't complain, not really. Vampires don't have much of a selection when it came to the ways of ways to hide nutrients in ordinary everyday food. Each day brought with it the same peanut butter and jelly sandwich and either a couple of Twinkies or a Hostess chocolate cupcake, all discreetly filled with small capsules that Nellie had carefully injected with blood. No one ever noticed that Vlad's lunch contained, an ex had contained any extra surprises. But a few people had offered in the past to trade him a slice of pizza or some fries or for one of his Twinkies. Vlad had refused as politely as he could, reminding himself that while his lunch might be dull, it was better than his elementary school years, when he'd met his mom in the parking lot for lunch. Drinking blood out of a cooler could make you feel like such a mama's boy. Henry led the way to their usual table near the door when they passed Meredith. Vlad dared to smile at her, but his smile was fleeting. Vlad fell forward. He clutched his lunch against his chest, and when he hit the floor, he could feel the capsules inside his stomach. His sandwich burst. Laughter erupted behind him, but Vlad didn't bother looking. It could be none other than Bill or Tom who tripped him, and if Meredith was laughing too, he didn't want to know. With Henry's assistance, he stood and grumbled at the red-stained flattened sack. A round glob of jelly and blood clung to the front of his shirt. He picked up the bag and tossed it into the nearest garbage bin, still grumbling as he stepped into the hall. "'Where do you think you're going, Mr. Todd?' Principal Snellgrove wrinkled his rodent-like nose as if Vlad didn't smell very pleasant. Vlad pulled the front of his shirt out for the principal to see. I fell on my lunch, so I'm going to the office to call my aunt. There's no need for that. Charge a hot lunch today. Vlad ran the tip of his tongue over his canine teeth and darted his eyes towards the door. What about my shirt? Snellgrove, snort, Snellgrove snorted and clasped his hands behind his back. There are only twenty minutes left of lunch, Mr. Todd. I suggest you hurry. Vlad opened his mouth to speak, but stopped when he saw Snellgrove stepping closer to the door as if Vlad might try to make a break for it. At a toss for polite words, Vlad went back to where Henry was sitting and sat across from him. Henry wrinkled his nose at the stain on Vlad's shirt. I can't believe he's going to let you call Nellie. Vlad pressed his cheek against his upturned hand and leaned on his elbow. His stomach... He's not going to let you call Nellie. Vlad pressed his cheek against his upturned hand and leaned on his elbow. His stomach rumbled. He laid his head on the table. It was going to be a very long afternoon. There was a crinkling sound as half a sandwich was dropped in front of him. Vlad sighed. You know eating that won't help. He lifted his head to a smiling Meredith who apparently hadn't heard his grumble. You can, you can have half my sandwich, Vlad. She blushed as she glanced over at Henry and despite the deep calming breath he took, Vlad's heart raced. Vlad tried to speak, but that almost that's almost impossible to do when your heart is lodged in your trachea. Henry came to the rescue. Thanks, Meredith. Her smile broadened and she turned away. Her skirt swished about her knees. Vlad felt nauseous. He smacked Henry's forearm with the back of his hand, but not as lightly as he'd intended. What are you doing? It's called being polite, dork. Henry unwrapped Meredith's sandwich and took a bite. He swallowed, looking satisfied with its taste. Vlad scowled. 
wishing for a moment that he was human. I was going to talk. I just needed a minute. Luckily, Henry didn't ask what he needed a minute to do because Vlad really had no idea. To Vlad's surprise, his fangs, his fangs stayed safely tucked into the soft tissue of his gums all through history class and study hall. His stomach rumbled loudly as he entered room six, his home room as well as his Eng English classroom at the end of the day. But his fangs stayed put and the bell eventually rang, releasing him from the oppression that was junior high. Henry had waved to Vlad on his way to another student council meeting, so Vlad hung out near his locker after the bell. Vlad didn't even see Tom and Bill coming before Tom had a handful of Vlad's shirt twisted into his fist. Tom's breath smelled like peppermint, which wasn't altogether unpleasant. Behind him, Bill was huffing up his shoulders and looking both ways down the hall for anyone who might interfere. What are you waiting for, goth boy? Tom took Vlad, shook Vlad once before pressing him hard against the locker. Vlad was trying his best not to open his mouth, not for fear of what he might say, but because he could feel a gnawing urge to bite Tom out of spite. He ran his tongue over his teeth and found his fangs poking out, reacting to the subtle scent of blood rushing beneath Tom's skin. I'm not goth. Tom pulled away from the locker and slammed him up against it again, sending a loud clang into the hall. What? Vlad straightened his shoulders. I said I'm not goth. Tom looked back at Bill, who rolled his eyes. When Tom turned back to Vlad, his eyes were rolling too. You goth sack of crap don't even know you're goth. Not that Vlad had anything against being goth, really. He'd seen the goth kids hanging around the steps of Bathory High at night, cloaked in black and looking for a way out of small town life. They weren't so different from him, with their black hair, black clothes, and dark humor. In fact, Vlad had secretly wished he could, would be lucky enough someday to find friends that seemed so like him. Henry was great, but sometimes it was really hard being his shadow. Tom shook him again, apparently not satisfied that Vlad, Vlad wasn't quivering with fear. But Vlad, despite preferring almost everything else to spending a moment with Tom, wasn't feeling very afraid. In fact, he was feeling afraid, wasn't feeling afraid at all. He was feeling hungry. Holding his breath, Vlad pushed his mind. Then, with a strange dizzying rush of blood to his head, he began to feel completely irritated. What was this kid's problem, anyway? Why wasn't he crying and begging to be let go? And what was he staring at? Tom glanced over his shoulder at Bill, who merely shrugged. He pulled back his fist. One quick punch would do it, and then he could slip down the hall to his mom's waiting car. Mom would be a real pain if he was late for ballet. He hated dance, all those frou-frou boys and the stupid leotard, but she kept making him go. Three years apparently hadn't been enough. At least Bill didn't know. Bill thought he was going to his uncle's every Friday to learn how to make pipe bombs, if he knew the truth. Vlad smirked and felt his mind pull out of Tom's thoughts. It had been easy. Maybe it was the hunger that made it easy. Without a glance at Tom's fist, he whispered, You better hurry, ballerina boy. You wouldn't want to be late. Tom blinked. He lowered his fist and looked back at Bill, who was punching his palm and eyeing Vlad. Vlad's smirk spread into a smile. What would Bill say if he knew you were dancing around in tights with other guys? Think he'd be open-minded, understanding? Vlad followed Tom's gaze to Bill, who stopped pra practicing on his fist and was looking at Tom expectantly. Vlad pressed his lips together. Despite the gnawing urge to flash his fangs, Tom relaxed his grip on Vlad's shirt and stepped back. He grabbed Bill's sleeve and they moved down the hall, away from Vlad. Bill was whispering questions, but Tom silenced him with a shove. 
In the window across from where he stood, Vlad caught his reflection. He looked paler, older, positively fierce. He smiled, relieving, revealing his perfect white fangs. It had turned out to be a good day after all.